0: Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining another episode of the Backmarkers F1 Show podcast. This is episode 112, where we're going to be recapping the 2021 British Grand Prix. So thank you to everybody today for joining us, whether you're listening or watching us on YouTube or other other audio platform. I'm your host, Chris Cato. Tonight, I've got my Backmarkers F1 Show co-host with me tonight, Full House back in store for this episode with Tyler McDonald and Shaker Barty. And Tyler, of course, was... With me throughout the weekend, doing some uh, live streams for the sprint format, of course. And uh, Tyler, you know, how's it going? And uh, you know, pretty quiet weekend, I would say. Wouldn't you think?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't think much happened really. uh, Quite the boring race. Uh, The sprint race, same thing, boring. But uh, all around, maybe the worst British Grand Prix we've ever seen.
0: Yeah, I, (laughs) I assume it's going to be a quick episode for us with not a whole lot to talk about. Shaker, how about you? How's it going? I know you're back from your little road trip. It's good to have you back in your old studio.
2: Yeah, it's it's nice to be back, uh, finally, to be back at home. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, not a lot of happened. So yeah, I just worked all weekend. I tried to watch your guys live stream while I was at work, but with no audio, so <laughs> I to listen to it. Uh, but yeah, it was good. Pretty good weekend overall, I guess, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, and before we get into, of course, all of the activities in the race, I, I have to make a confession, guys. Unfortunately, the Backmarkers F one has been outed as a Max Verstappen fan club channel. You, well, you got us. Have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you you, you got you me. Right yeah, yeah, you got me. I'm uh, I'm a Max Verstappen fan, you know. Can't stand Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, you guys got me. Uh, the keyboard warriors are right once again, so just had to get that out of the way early on just so so that you guys know ahead of this episode But uh,
1: you're more orange than a mclaren right now so
0: yeah true maybe i'm just a mclaren fan (laughs) or or maybe i'm just a big phoenix suns fan they are playing game six at the moment
1: that's true
0: so yeah just just had to get that out of the way of course you know so many uh twitter experts were coming in chiming in which i'm sure we're going to get to all right so let's get down to business here on episode 112 of the backmarkers f1 show we are going to try to keep this as civil as possible which i know that we will be between the three of us because uh, we actually have some differing opinions on obviously the incidents of this race but uh, that's the one thing about uh, the three of us is that we always have a a good mutual respect and understanding Mm -hmm. even though we have some different viewpoints on what happened and of course The big one is Lewis Hamilton versus Max Verstappen at Cops Corner, which I'm sure will take up most of the time on this episode. So I've kind of already got my opinions out there already into the world. Tyler and Shaker, I will leave the floor to you just to start off with some general thoughts on the race and on the incident. And then maybe we can get more into kind of looking at the crash itself and doing a live breakdown.
1: Well, Chris, I mean, this was bound to happen. I mean, we've been talking about it for podcasts now, um, you know for weeks on end saying there's going to be some point this season where they crash and there's going to be some controversy because that's just you know, what it is with a tight championship we saw it with Nico Rosberg and we used to see it a lot with Michael Schumacher when those championships were close right I mean it's just it's the nature of racing um, and initially um, I, I know the racing was phenomenal between them that right off the start a great jump by Lewis, almost got Max into turn one, but Max was, you know, nice and steady, held his ground. And they just, Lewis just kept chasing him throughout the whole course until they got to cops, of course. And uh, that's where the whole controversy started. Of, and, you know, a very scary incident for Max. I mean, we don't want to see anyone take a 51G impact. Um, you know, those are, you can tell, I don't know if you listen to the team radio, and if you haven't, it's, it's out there, but, you know, how winded he was. Um, which is very, very scary. I'm sure he was nervous, uh, like everyone. And they didn't show the camera at first, or, or sorry, they didn't show Max at first getting out of the car, of course, being precautionary from the whole Grosjean incident. Um, but it was great to see him walk out and be okay after that. And, you know, I'll get, before I get into my opinions on the accident, I was get Shaker, what was your first reaction for seeing that accident? Because, uh, you know, for me, I was sitting down at breakfast in a restaurant and I, I screamed. The whole bar looked at me. I was like, "Oh!" Yeah. <laughs> and everyone was looking at me. So I don't know what your reaction was, but
2: yeah. So I was, uh, I was in the bushes, so I had no signal <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but all I got at one point, I think it was probably an hour after the race, was my buddy messaging me that Max Verstappen got into a really bad car crash. So around the time when I could pull out my phone as and as soon as I saw it happen my first reaction was a is he okay because obviously I still didn't have really have internet to go check what was going on uh, but yeah a is he okay and B uh well I think I had found out it was only a 10 second penalty at this point and I'm like how is it only a 10 second penalty was my first reaction uh, but besides the fact uh, it just you know when you first look at it it does look like a racing incident but once you do see all the different angles i think i haven't you know have my opinion on the matter which we'll get into later on but yeah it was it was quite a brutal accident um overall yeah i i really don't know what else to say <laughs>
0: Now, now, Tyler, before I come back to you just to get your thoughts and sort of breakdown of the incident, would it be helpful if I brought up just a a video of the crash itself and then you can kind of walk us through your thoughts of who was to blame and and how you saw the incident?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I think uh, let's do that um, because I know it's going to be a two on one here and I'm going to (laughs) get tag teamed by both of you guys. (laughs) But that's okay. I'm ready to defend myself.
0: God, Tyler, you're such a Lewis fanboy.
1: (laughs) Hey, I I still think it's Lewis's fault. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, but I think there's two. To, it takes two to tango, as uh, as was said.
0: Okay, so this is the the look here. Um, hopefully, we won't get uh, flagged for this by the uh, YouTube copyright sharks. Um, I'm taking it from Twitter, so it should help us. But I'm just going to kind of scroll through it this way. Um, so Tyler, talk me through. So we're starting the clip here, sort of. As we're rounding the corner outside of Luffield and heading into Cops corner. So as Hamilton is into the slipstream, talk us through what you thought, Tyler, and how you saw this incident playing out.
1: Oh, A great run by Lewis through Luffield, like you said, and he really got a lot of uh, you know, closing speed on Max here. And he's got to make that move. So where's Max going to defend? So stop right here. So Max makes a first move down toward the inside. So automatically, that's where Lewis would probably want to go. So Lewis is going to say, OK, well, I'm going to go even further. So if we, if we go a couple more frames, Lewis then now makes his move to the inside. Now Max, you can stop it there, Max does not give him any room on the inside. He squeezes him right toward the wall. I mean, they were crazy close to that wall. Um, and, and that compromises both of their entries going into cops. Obviously, it's going to be harder to clip that apex for both of them. So if we go a couple more frames as we slowly break this down now here, Lewis is just alongside of Max Verstappen and he will get a little bit closer as we go. Keep going. Sorry right about there. That. No, it's all good. So as Lewis is getting in, Max has taken a little wider so he can get the apex. If we stop right here, Lewis is alongside Max. And in my opinion, <laughs> they are both eligible for that (laughs) corner so as we keep going so here here's where we break it down this is this is where bracket up a few steps back it up a few before we get into the accident so as we're entering the corner max obviously has to try to get the apex but has to know lewis is right alongside him lewis as well has to turn in a little bit further i would say He uh, did not clip that green and and white line near the apex Mm -hmm. of the corner, which he did when he passed Charles Leclerc. So I will say Lewis could have been a little bit closer um, to the inside of that corner. But at the same time, for Max, Max didn't really leave him much room at the same time to try and also for for Lewis to also make that corner. And when you're driving, I know this is all happening 190 kilometers an hour or miles an hour. And the margin for error is, you know, just a few inches. You know, is Max thinking he's going to back out there? Is Max realizing that Lewis is going to have a compromised apex just due to the fact that he had to enter the quarter so narrow? Um, and these are all factors that to play into the accident. So in my opinion, yes, Lewis should have backed out a little bit. And it looked like he did at the end because you saw how fast Max pulled ahead. Uh, entering the corner, and they just barely clipped wheels. So it looked like Lewis was slipping off, uh, and I, I think that's one of the reasons why it was only a 10-second penalty because they, they would have the telemetry and all the throttle data as well at the FIA. But if you're Max as well, this is also an aggressive defending move by Max, forcing Lewis as far as he can toward the inside wall, make, trying to cut off his apex and, and to take the corner along the outside, and that's where we saw um the two of them collide and obviously that very hefty crash from max Verstappen. and i don't know if you've seen uh, if people listening have seen the uh, fan video from the fan that was at uh sitting you know uh, in, right here in the uh, here you go in, in cops and this is just a yeah crazy and- video take your breath away
0: Yeah, so I think this was one of the most viewed ones. I know there's a couple of other angles. And so, uh, yeah, go ahead.
1: Chris, if you stop the video right there, now the biggest thing that really bugs me about this video is Buddy right in front of you didn't take the tag off his hat. And <laughs> I couldn't stop staring at it. For like every time I watched it, all I could see was this guy's tag sitting, like still on his hat. Buddy, take the tag off your hat. You're you're at the race, you don't need to return it after the race. Like oh man.
0: Maybe it was depending on who would win the race. If they didn't, he'd return the hat.
1: Yeah. Maybe. It'd be all sweaty. Look at it. You look sweaty in that hat. Like, White, oh. too. It would get dirty. Look at that. Well, it's definitely yeah. dirty now. Well, that's, that's right. It's definitely dirty now.
0: It's the Brits. What do you expect? <laughs> and just also before we move on to Shaker. Uh, the reason there's an extended video on youtube that shows the recovery afterwards they had to wait the marshals did to access max's car because it was unsafe electrically uh. and of course because you know some parts must have gotten exposed and of course if you touch that car and, and we don't have the proper safety equipment you obviously could get electrocuted and and die because it's that that dangerous so they had to wait until the car was safe and then they could extricate Verstappen out of the car so that was uh, that was actually very well done Tyler. It wasn't uh, it wasn't as fanboyish as I thought it would be. <laughs>
1: no, cuz I, I do think it was in the end. It, it is Lewis's it is part I'd say 70% Lewis's fault, 30% Max's fault. And in, in an accident there are two culprits to an accident for the most part. I mean usually there is someone to blame. I think Max could have been less aggressive in his defending and that would have avoided the accident as well. We see how Lewis in his championship runs, how defensive driving, how much defensive driving he does to avoid accidents, to ensure that he doesn't get DNFs like this. Um, and in the same instance, you know, it's something for Max learn. Max is an aggressive driver. Lewis usually isn't an aggressive driver, um, but he knew he had to make a move here to try and come back in his home race. So uh, I, th- I think personally 10 seconds is warranted. Um, I thought that was going to do more damage than what it actually ended up doing. Um, I, Cause I thought that, you know, if team orders weren't into effect with Baltas, that would have hampered him a lot more. Um, you know, if Lando Norris didn't have a long stop, that would have hampered Lewis a lot more. So a lot of things did go right for Lewis um, for him to make that 10 second penalty uh, less harsh. I would say uh, the only thing maybe you could say is, um, you know, it, if you make it a drive-through, I don't think a stop-go. I think that's too harsh. I think the most you could go through is a drive-through, but uh, ten seconds for me was good enough.
0: We're going to be back into the podcast in just a second. We just wanted to give a quick shout out and thank you to the sponsors for this podcast. Support for the Backmarkers F1 Show is brought to you by our friends over at Manscaped, who are the best in melo- who are the best in men's below the waist grooming champions of the world manscapes offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer the lawnmower 4.0 and you can join over 4 million men worldwide who trust manscaped with this exclusive offer for you guys you can get 20 percent off and free worldwide shipping when you use the code bmf1show at manscaped.com and the craftsmanship and the details on this trimmer is exceptional And we know in the F1 world, it's all about being as aerodynamically efficient as possible and Manscaped's Lawnmower 4.0 will help you do just that with an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. You can utilize the wireless charging system and of course the great little LED lights so you never miss a spot and so that you're looking good and smooth on and off the track. So use the code BMF1SHOW to get 20% off and unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job With Manscaped, and of course, our longtime podcast sponsor, thegpbox.com. Head down into the description below and use all of the promo codes and links there to get some exclusive discounts off of some really awesome motorsport memorabilia, merchandise, and used car parts. So, check that out at thegpbox.com. Okay, I'll
1: get into why after the 10 seconds, is but I've been talking for a while, so
0: yeah. No, no, you brought up some good points, actually some different points as well that I haven't heard in much of the uh, analysis, so uh, a good job for you on that one, and uh, yeah, we'll get to the penalty afterwards, but Shaker, I saw you were shaking your head at certain points of Tyler's analysis, so if you want, I can go through it again, and and to get your take Uh, on it.
2: Let's reset. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll... I just want to comment on your aggressive driving thing with Lewis Hamilton. The thing is, Lewis Hamilton was driving aggressive in this first lap of this race, chasing down Max for stopping. So what's stopping Max from being aggressive on the defense on the way back? You know, like why? <laughs> it's just, uh, so again, yeah, so you can go through this. Uh, I want to go back to the first defensive move that Tyler mentioned here. Um, so right here, when he goes into the inside corner, he right here lewis hamilton's already caught up to him so he knows he needs to go on the defensive we saw landon Norris pull this move like two weeks ago in the last race against lewis hamilton where he went on the inside tried to trick him a little bit go back on the outside so i have no problem with this right here i think this is a proper move to try and defend him off because he's trying to cover off and get the apex into this corner so i think so go back a little bit go back a little bit, Chris so keep going keep going keep going keep going at this point right here when lewis hamilton is catching up to him uh, max is already thinking about going into this left into this right lane he's already started this move because lewis has started to catch up so now if you move a little bit forward so max gives him the space a little bit here and lewis still continues to go for it despite knowing the space is not there so, I think they're both playing aggressive here at this point. Both trying to, to Max, trying to get the defense, uh, Lewis trying to get the uh, get try to get the offensive move off. And now, if you move forward, stop right here. This is not side by side. Max is still ahead, in my opinion. I what they're like not when a you wing, yeah. It's not even a wing, though. Like, we've seen side-by-side, wheel-to-wheel racing. I think Max still has a proper line to go take this. I so think does Lewis, we, though, in my opinion. But I agree that... I do agree with you, Tyler, that it does take two to tango. So I'm not blaming Lewis 100% for this as well. I think it's more 80-20, in my opinion. Um, but I think Max still has a proper line to go take the apex. And if you keep moving forward a little bit more... Uh, wherever it is. So, okay, go back, go back. Okay, go forward a little again. Sorry, sorry, I was missed the point where I was going. Trying to go. So right here is when Max starts his move in I think so. Lewis doesn't have space. I guess you guys can't see my mouse where I'm pointing. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I don't know if you can see my Yeah, right either. there. Yeah, yeah, right there. So. At this point, Lewis still has the space to go for it, man. Like, look, look at the car width that he has. They still they go up on these curbs all the time, right? So and you can play the rest through. I'm pretty sure I made my point that I made because we already know what happens here. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, I, I I do agree. It does take uh, does take two to tango. But I think in the, in. I think Max had more of the proper line in this one. And I think he just played more of an aggressive driving style. Um, And we saw him do this two years ago at, uh, at the, uh, at the Australian Grand Prix against Charles Leclerc, where he was the one who was behind and he was the one who pulled the aggressive move and still ended up getting the proper line all the way through. And Charles Leclerc, I think it was a five second penalty that, uh, no, did anyone even get a penalty in that one? I can't remember. But anyway, no, oh, it was deemed a racing incident. Yeah, it was deemed a racing incident. Um, now it did help that they were
1: both out of the Grand Prix, um, yeah. So there was no one continuing. So I feel like that would would play a big difference. Yeah.
2: Um I think the only difference but- in that situation was that Max Verstappen was a little bit further ahead than Lewis Hamilton. He had that he was almost side by side, a little bit ahead of the car where Lewis, in this situation, wasn't. Uh, I think is the only big difference. Um. But yeah, I think those are my points. So, a
1: I want to, I want to bring—they're very good points, Shaker. Like they, they, Max Verstappen, side of it, you're completely right. Um, I want to bring up though a comparison, and we all remember the famous Lewis Hamilton Nico Rosberg incident in Spain, where Nico Rosberg forced Lewis off the track into the grass when Lewis to try to make a pass. Who did we blame on that accident? We blamed Nico Rosberg for squeezing Lewis Hamilton off the track. Is this not a similar scenario except there was a wall there so he couldn't really squeeze him off the track? I don't believe that I'm he not
2: squeezed s- off the track, though. I think he well, had he enough. Well, he couldn't. Space. There was a wall there. I mean, he, man, there was – Okay, I don't think – I think he had enough room to pass. I think I think he had enough room to pass, and if he didn't, he should have backed off because he didn't have the proper line to do it. You know, uh, like he, I, if I he doesn't compares- have the space and he doesn't have the proper line and Max is already ahead of him throughout this entire corner, why continue going for it, you know?
1: I, I think that's a, a good comparison to squeeze. Like when we're thinking of, of where to try to compare who we blame at different incidents, like that's an incident in 2016 in Spain where we saw two drivers going hard for the same corner on the inside and one driver squeezing the other driver. This in that case off the track. This case he, he couldn't squeeze him off the track because there's a big wall there. But squeezing him so that he didn't have a line going into the corner. And I'm good for all. I'm all good for hard racing. I think it was. And if there was no contact here, mm-hmm. we would have been like, oh my god, these two are mass. What a masterclass by mm-hmm. these two drivers. I mean, look at the perfect driving for Max and Lewis, and to mm-hmm. get through cops. I mean, it, it is a matter of inches. From now, we're talking about blames and who had an mm-hmm. accident to look at these two world class drivers wheel the wheel so close to you know to making these moves pull off so
0: no i think i think you guys bring up two good, good points there and and definitely some good points through that whole argument and um, i just wanted to to that point tyler I'll, I'll share the screen again just so you guys can maybe see my take on it i would disagree in that comparison with the spain one because i think that this corner specifically is a very specific corner because of the high speed nature and it's one of the fastest ones in all of the f1 calendar so i think it's a little bit different than i believe what is uh turn four or five in barcelona if i'm not mistaken where the two collided but i just wanted to show people that to shaker's point and i know that some other people were saying this too that they were alongside but they weren't a hundred percent side by side yeah, so I- if you If you you take a look at Lewis's left front tire, it's never in line with Max's right front tire, which then I would consider their side-by-side. If they were, then I think that most likely you would have seen Verstappen run wide like Charles Leclerc did um, when he made uh, the move on Lewis Hamilton or or vice versa. Excuse me.
1: Which was a possibility that
0: Max could have done to avoid a collision. See, this is where I would disagree with that, though. If you watch, Max, this board right here, roughly, which, if I remember correctly, is the 50-meter board, um, but I could be wrong. It's roughly the turn-in point where Verstappen is going to start to open his steering toward the right so he can make this corner because it is a high-speed corner.
2: I think it's that's important. 100. I think that's the 100. That's a 100? Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, you're right yeah, 50 here. 50 meters coming right there. 50, yeah.
0: okay. So, yeah, at the 50 is when they're going to start turning in, slightly a little bit before that. So I think that what people need to also remember is that Max is on the natural racing line to this corner. If you're on a hot lap at Silverstone, you're never going to take this corner on the inside. Never. Absolutely. Obviously, as just basic racing, you're going to open, trying to minimize the angle of the corner. So coming from the outside, going in. So I don't think here that Max could have given him more room because for me, he would have ran wide here into this area. In which he might have damaged his car like we saw george russell do in uh, i believe practice or if it was qualifying not mistaking and he cracked his mirror and then not only that might have gotten track limits as well so i think that in that high speed high load of a corner it's really difficult for him to give him more room because it's not a slow 90 degree type of corner and then i also think that the other important part of this is a video that i referenced that was from the driver 61 youtube channel Uh, by Scott Mansell, who is a professional racing driver coach, and he's raced this track many, many times, which it's in our Twitter bio. I will put it in the link in the descriptions down below because, in my opinion, it is the best analysis on this uh, accident. It's completely non-biased. He's British, so you can't say that he's a Max Verstappen fanboy. (laughs) Um, And he just does a great job sticking to the technical aspects of this crash and I'm just gonna pull up a quote from the video, I don't wanna play the whole video uh, cause I want you guys to, to check it out for yourselves but he says quote, when you're positioned on the inside going into any corner, you have to be more conservative. The stakes are higher compared to going around the outside. And he basically just goes on to say that you're going to hit the car on the outside if you get some oversteer or understeer and the problem was and that a lot of people don't bring up in this incident is that Hamilton did get a lot of understeer. going into that corner which is why he ended up hitting the right rear of max and then scott also in his video uh, brings up a lot of excellent points that it's the first lap we're talking about heavy fuel loads and also the fact that tires aren't exactly up to temperature so it's just he didn't do it on purpose just ended up making that slight Mm -hmm. mistake there and then just unfortunately went into max but i would agree with scott's assessment that especially into that corner like Horner said, that's not necessarily a corner where you try and half-heartedly stick it on the inside. And it, there's just a lot of factors that go into play for that one.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to watch this video because um, that is a very good analysis on it as well, just from the quote there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, there's going to be lots of different opinions on this accident. It's going to probably... Fuel, you know, the rest of the season. This is going to be, you know, something to talk about through the whole summer break. We saw how animated Christian Horner was, how animated Total Wolf was, and now i you know they're butting heads on their analysis. And I, I do want to bring up Christian Horner because I did think that no, yes, he is protecting his driver, and I know that's very important. To, you know, if you're a coach in. in whatever sport, soccer you know hockey football you you protect your players you always are on their side because you don't want anything bad to happen to them it's the same scenario here Christian Horner is protecting Max Verstappen and everything that happened but I I did think his comments were a little aggressive they were kind of like petty Um, they seemed um, sort of at an an ill will to Lewis um, that he you know it was weird. It was like, you know, he was complimenting Lewis to, to, to knock him almost. And uh, I didn't think that was very necessary from Christian. Um, And and I think it was Marco Helmer who was saying that Lewis should get a race ban, which is completely ludicrous. I, you know, I don't think that's, uh, you know, any sort of has any sort of malice to it or or, sorry, um, any sort of um, body to it, I should say. Um, on the same side, Total Wolf is protecting Lewis. You know, Total Wolf was saying, "Well, you know, here's you know, you know emailing Michael Massey about the diagram. You know, like that diagram isn't uh, you know necessary either. I don't think." Um, and you know, obviously, they're trying to both get the most severe or non-severe penalties, depending on what party they're in. But you know, it's going to be really interesting to see those two interact, Hor- uh, Horner and Wolf, because they have a lot of respect for each other. Uh, But two very completely different views on this incident.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of interested to see how that goes as well. Because like in the end, it it does bring the championship to much closer and does make the rest of the season way more exciting to watch. Because now we're now, now, you know, I think what they're between 20, 30 points of each other now. Um, Yeah,
1: something like something like that.
2: Uh, but, yeah, it does make the season more exciting to watch because um, I think at this, you know, if he had Max had won, he would have been like 50 points of ahead. Um which is exciting in the end. It kind of it's kind of sad to see Max go out of the way that he did. Uh, but, yeah, it should be. I'm really just excited for the Hungarian Grand Prix. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's going to be an awesome race, I think. Um, but yeah, it's race span is a little bit excessive, but you do have to think about a point of view that you know Max was most likely bound to win that race, he was leading all weekend. Um, he gets no points to from that race. Uh, Lewis ends up winning it, so race span is excessive. Um, it's too bad you can't like get points taken away or like a you know, minus five or something like that, but. Yeah, I, I do agree. race spends a little bit too much, uh, for, uh, for him to say that. And I, I think in the end, you know, I think one of you guys already said it, if the accident didn't happen in the end, it would have just been considered a racing incident. If max, you know, just ended up going to the sand, ended up driving out of it, it would probably would not been as, uh, as you know, as harsh of an incident that we would be talking about. And now I think it's the impact itself, which makes it worse than it is, um, because obviously, fifty-one G's is, is a whole lot. Um, but yeah, if, like, I think, you know, if he had just maybe just gone into the sand a little bit, most likely it would have been considered a five-second penalty, you know? Racing incident would have been left at that. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's where I leave it at.
1: Yeah, no, I would agree with that, Jaker, as well. You know, if we just saw, like, a little bit of a, a touch and, you know, a, a broken front wing or a puncture, you know, something you know, it wouldn't have been nearly as bad and it probably would have been a five second penalty to Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, but the impact, you know, and the way, that, you know, Max was out of the race uh, obviously played a factor in the penalty. And, and we see with sports, you know, um, injuries uh, shouldn't play a factor in a referee's decision. Yeah. So no matter what, you know, you know, thank God Max was okay. Um, but they have to look at the incident and not the end result, I think, mm-hmm. in my opinion of, you know, because even if, Max would have got spun off and, you know, he stopped in the gravel. I still think that's a 10 second penalty to Lewis.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: you know, I don't think the the impact really gave me a reason why it should be more or it should be less. I, I you know, it, the impact was terrible and you hate to see that, um, you know, kudos to the safety of the F1 cars and, you know, the, the good job they've done at Silverstone to make sure that that impact was absorbed as much as it could be because, I I after admit those tire bearers did a pretty, pretty good job. I was impressed with them. Mm-hmm. Um but you know that's it, that's something that is gonna happen in racing, unfortunately. And it's scary, but uh, we hope to not see it as much as uh you know we have the last half a year with with Grosjean, obviously and uh, and this
2: time with you know Max with, with Charles Leclerc as well. It kind of Yeah, showed, Monza that's right. Yeah, she, she kind of really shows you the importance that safety's played in the last 10 to 15 years, even the last 5 years with uh, with the halo being introduced. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: I remember um, at Spa uh, Kevin Magnussen losing it uh going up Eau Rouge and going into the tire barriers and his headrest came flying out. That's how hard he hit the tire barriers. I don't know what the G-Force was on that, but it had to have been close to Max's. And same thing, he was winded but walked away. So, I mean, the the, the structural integrity of the F1 cars is you know phenomenal from what it was you know um, back in the olden days, I guess you could say.
0: For sure. And uh, I think you guys brought up very good points for both sides of the argument. I think that it's understandable. And I think maybe the video that I did, too, some emotion played in that of course, being right after the race. And I think I understand people's reactions, though, because it was such a high-speed corner. That's why Mm -hmm. they were upset with Hamilton for doing that kind of risk because it was a risky overtake, in my opinion. I still stand by that. Um, But now it's a risk and it's a danger that they all accept. So I don't think that that's necessarily what the main issue was for me. But I also just think my final thoughts on it, too, that, you know, saying that for Verstappen, like you said, Tyler, I don't, I didn't see many people bringing up that point about him being aggressive early, which I completely agree with you. He was, his defense was aggressive there, which to me was fine, but when he was actually turning into the corner, I don't see how people could say that he was aggressive when he's the leading car turning into that corner. Yeah. He's the defender. Yeah. And so I would agree I with, with you. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's and, and I think that we also have to and I'm glad that your analysis, Tyler, actually um, hopefully will shed light on on some uh, some of the team LH supporters out there that that there is a, a balance in this argument. And I think that we need to define racing incident as, I believe it was a racing incident, but at the end of the day, I also believe that it was Lewis Hamilton's fault that deserved a penalty. Yeah. So I think we need to separate racing incident, which this was from a deliberate action, which would have been, for example, Lewis opening the steering all the way to the left, right? That yeah. wouldn't be a racing yeah. incident. So I think that's where Absolutely. people kind of got lost in this debate. And they got very heated against each other. I think the overwhelming majority saw that it was Lewis's fault, but that, yes, it was a racing incident. They were both racing hard. They were both racing aggressively. But in the end, we would put more blame onto Hamilton. So I think some clarification there hopefully will help kind of calm the waters a
2: little bit.
1: And I feel if roles were reversed and Hamilton is on the outside and Max is on the inside
2: backs would have gone for that hole as well oh no absolutely it's like drivers you know exactly that's that's, you look for the hole and if the hole opens up you go for it um i think it just it just it's completely circumstantial right like you like chris mentioned um if it wasn't if it wasn't a high flying corner and you know it was a different corner a 90 degree turn would have played out so differently um but i think it's just all circumstantial and the way we look at it um, and it's just nice that we have so many different angles to do that, you know, mm-hmm. it's, um, but yeah, I, I, agree. It really, really depends on, you know, if it, if it was a battle for fourth or fifth place, we could have seen it as a different incident as well, you know, a battle for like the 20, you know, battling for 10th place. So, yeah,
1: I, I will say one thing that bothered me from max and I might get some hate on this, but when he posted his, um, was calling Lewis disrespectful for celebrating uh, after the race, that whole podium in Bahrain was celebrating while Grosjean was still in hospital with his burns. So it, it, it's a two-edged sword. It's sorted there. You can't say, "Well, he's disrespectful for celebrating when I was in hospital." But you, both everyone, you know, whoever was, in, was on the Bahrain podium, I can't remember off the top of my head, but Max was there and Lewis was there. They were all celebrating after Grosjean's incident um, on the podium. In the same way, so
0: I, I, yeah, I just wanted to bring up. I don't know if he was, you know, it would be context, right? I would want to know what he was saying. Was it disrespectful? Be, was it because he was in the hospital? Because of that precise reason? Because we will acknowledge, yes, Hamilton didn't know that he was in the hospital until I think after yeah. uh, he got out the of the media car. Pen. yeah, the media pen. Yeah, um, so that's fine, you know, and, and he did ask if Max was okay. That's that's great. That's yeah. fine. I think I would agree with Matt. Well, I don't know if disrespectful is is the right word. I will be honest to say this, and like you just said, Tyler, the Ham- Hamilton fans already don't like me, so that's fine. It is what it is. <laughs> but I found that his post-race celebrations, along with Mercedes, were distasteful. And the reason why was because he was celebrating as if he just pulled off this miraculous drive like he did last year in Turkey. If you guys remember that Turkish Grand Prix last year, he started, what, 6th or 7th, ended up winning the race in those uh, wet conditions. Incredible drive, right? Clinched 7th World Championship, mm-hmm. one of his greater drives of his career this to me was not even in the top 90 of his career wins and he's got like what 98 wins and the reason why is because i look at his win and say you knocked out your championship rival the guy who was leading the championship you knocked out the race leader in a racing incident but that most people deemed was your fault then you get the red flag which we find afterwards in the race ended up saving your race for the second time this year again because they got to repair the car Then you get the weaker penalty, which we're going to get to in the next couple of minutes. You come out in fourth place. You easily get by the McLaren. You come up behind your teammate. Valtteri Bottas almost gets out of his car and goes for a beer because of team orders (laughs) that come in again. So you're back into second place. And then you pass a Ferrari, which, guys, let's be honest, Leclerc had an amazing drive. But the Ferrari's been sometimes the fifth-best car this season. And the Mercedes W12 is arguably still the fastest car, and we know how big that gap is between the first two cars and the rest of the field so i just looked at that celebration and i go and some people were saying you know one of the greatest drives ever and i go guys i mean this is i don't find this one very impressive and we say it for the millionth time lewis hamilton was a great driver one of the greatest ever and just to touch touch on that about you know the biases and everything like that roles reversed if it was max doing it on the inside oh my god i mean you can't imagine what the team lh supporters would be saying but on this channel, we'd be saying the same thing too, if that was Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton's shoes, and people probably aren't going to believe that. But if it does end up happening in Hungary, where Max' sense was on the inside and knocks Lewis out of the race, we'll be sitting here on a Monday or Tuesday evening
2: saying, "Yeah, it was Max Verstappen's fault." So I think, I think the situation is we have been there. You know, you think of Monaco of last year. Where Max was so close to catching up in the fifth or sixth lap, and he went for it, and everybody just said he was an immature driver. You know, he's young. Uh, he was went for the hole that wasn't there. He ended up knocking Lewis Hamilton out. I think, yeah, there is a lot of Max Hamilton and Lew, uh, Max Hamilton, Max Verstappen, <laughs> Lewis Hamilton fans out there. Uh those but, too, you know, though. it's it's gonna be a side of debate. Uh, no matter what incident we get into. But that's what makes it so exciting. You know, there's it's 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 racing, it's hard, it's hard racing. And, you know, it's a racing incident, like you said, Chris, in the end. But yeah, it's it's it's, it's a tough one to get to, be, to get heated about for sure.
1: It, to be fair to Lewis, celebrating it was his home grand prix, uh, which he's always up for and loves, you know, racing in front of his home crowd. And, you know, if I was the same in racing in Canada and I was in the same situation, I'd celebrate the same way. Yeah. Um and the other one was he did make history as he uh became the third driver I believe in F1 history to win at a track eight times in his career which is yeah. uh, very impressive as well. So I mean it is was a record-breaking drive. Um I agree with Chris. Uh, I don't think it's his, you know, greatest drive of all time. I think the there's, there's much greater ones and much more better masterclasses we've seen out of Lewis Hamilton. Um uh, but you know, at the same time, I don't think that should discredit uh, a home win um, in a you know record-breaking win is what it was at the time in the leaderboards.
2: To that point, there was we also have to remember there was no fans at the two British Grand Prix that happened last year, so it was his yeah. first time with fans in over you know two years. So yeah, I I I, I don't take anything away from. Uh, yeah, I agree with you, Don Tyler. You know, it was the wrong comment to make. Um, uh, distasteful is more of the word than anything. But yeah, it's you know he's celebrating his home Grand Prix. You know, Mac, Max is going to be doing the same when he's at the, at the Dutch Grand Prix. So, yeah. yeah, and obviously, and I hope he does. I, I hope he. I hope Max
1: does. If he wins, celebrate yeah. the exact same way. Even if the incident, same say there's the same incident. <laughs> yeah, I hope Max. I hope Max <laughs> celebrates the same way because it's his home race. Yeah. You know, there's fans in the stands that are cheering for you that are, are on your side. Yeah. And, um, you know, how special would it would be for, you know, Max to win at his home Grand Prix. Um, You know, the first home Grand Prix um, for him in his career and, uh, you know, the first Dutch Grand Prix in, you know, however long it is. I don't know what off the top of my head. Yeah, that'd be phenomenal as well. So I hope he celebrates the same way.
2: And he's probably uh, going he to win it. He's probably going to be the first Dutchman to win at that Dutch Grand Prix. So. That's a good point. Yeah, that's
0: a good point. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, may, maybe at the risk of adding just a little bit more gasoline onto the fire. Because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm having fun with it. I, I will honestly say that. I think that, uh, you know, the two fan groups of the... And I was saying this to you, Tyler, off off camera that... I think the videos that we've done sort of criticizing Lewis Hamilton, we've gotten the most sort of negative reaction from the Lewis Hamilton supporters, and not all of them, but just definitely there's always some, some ones that... We find that are incredibly ultra sensitive and for some reason just can't take any criticism of their driver because they're the ones that get the most personal uh, and you know, disagreements is fine. But there were just a couple of personal comments that, uh, you know, we got on social media and, and the YouTube comments as well, which is fine. But uh, I mean, hey. you know, we, we expect them to come back your way. Right. Just because uh, that's just how it works. We have fun with it that way.
1: I do want to mention, um, you know, we're talking about online comments and you know the abuse that Lewis Hamilton, the racial abuse that Lewis Hamilton got online, was you know obviously completely uncalled for. And mm-hmm. I know I can speak for both of you that you know we condemn any sort of racial remarks that were made uh, to Lewis Hamilton, and you know that's just completely unnecessary. I mean, you can you know have your your opinions on you know, the race and, you know, you can like or dislike Lewis or you can like or dislike Max or whoever it is. But, you know, to bring race into the equation, I think, you know, is very disgusting from, you know, those people who did it. And, you know, it's a select few, but it's still something we need to root out of the sport. And, you know, that's what F1 has been trying to do, you know, with, you know, the whole equality, bringing everyone in and treating everyone the same, the campaign that they've been doing every uh, race has won, right? That's kind of what they've been promoting the last year and a half. And, um, I, you know, hopefully that campaign campaign continues and, you know, can kind of spread more word on uh, ending racial abuse and not only F1, but in, in all sports as well. I mean, it was terrible what happened in the uh, in the England game um, to, you know, uh, Rashford, Saka, and um, I forget the other lad that missed the penalty. Um, but, you know, disgusting there as well so anyways hopefully we can end that and uh, get back onto you know treating everyone with some respect. Well,
0: And and I just have to add on that one too is that personally, again, people are maybe not going to agree with me on this and and that's fine, but I think it was blown a little bit out of proportion in in honestly, my opinion. And I'm not saying that those comments weren't made because they were. I did see some of the screenshots, but they were from people that had like 19 followers, seven followers and stuff. And honestly, like those people, we shouldn't even be amplifying any of that, just to not give it any attention. I went Mm -hmm. through hundreds of comments on all different types of videos on YouTube and Twitter, and I didn't see any racial abuse or anything like that toward Lewis Hamilton. People were heated, definitely, uh, against both drivers. But I think that it was... I know teams come out and made the statements and they got to do that type of stuff. But for me, it was just a little bit blown out of proportion, and it it takes away from the focus that 99.9% of F1 fans... Are, are respectful and that's what we try to do here at this show too is we want to keep it strictly on the racing and it doesn't matter which driver it is or which nationality or what color the skin is you know we're just going to call it as we see it in terms of the racing and i know there's a couple comments even on on the video that i did afterwards that popped up on our channel so i just wanted to push back on that a little bit because when we're criticizing lewis hamilton it's it's his driving it has nothing to do with him yeah. personally and we never talk about that stuff anyways because We want to keep it to a racing channel and Tyler and Shaker the points that you brought up I think adds a a good balance in uh, and to the healthy discussion hopefully that will uh, will continue on at least uh, in the coming days or not but uh, yeah I just wanted to throw uh, the two cents in there as well but it's it's a lot right it's difficult to put emotions aside because we all have uh, our favorites and as much as we try and put biases aside they get in the way too And, and I'm guilty of that and I'm sure a lot of other people will admit to it as well, but I hope that everybody got a little bit of something out of the discussion that we just had there and I thought that we did a pretty solid job of it in in that regard too. So before we finish on Verstappen and Hamilton, I know this is exclusively what the podcast is going to be about. Let's just wrap up on the penalty as well. And and Tyler, I'll start with you first and what you thought if the penalty was enough. And I think you already mentioned that you did think it was enough, but I'll go to you anyways. I just wanted to bring up a quote here, which I think summed it up pretty well, in my opinion. Uh, Quote, it says, ultimately, when someone destroys your race through an error, and it's kind of a tap on the hand, really, they're allowed to come back and still finish ahead of the person he took out. It just doesn't weigh up. And, you know, that's a really interesting comment. And I would have to... Wait, hold on a minute that that quote is from Lewis Hamilton in 2018 would you look at that it's from the French Grand Prix if you guys remember when Sebastian Vettel took out his teammate Valtteri Bottas and then Vettel went on to finish ahead of Bottas in the race in P5 where Valtteri finished in P7 so we got Lewis's opinion already Tyler what do you think
1: well like obviously everyone's going to have their bias to different um, to different situations that have happened in my opinion the What bothers me more is you know, the shenanigans of the team orders. And like I mentioned, I, I mentioned this earlier, the luck that Lewis had to come back in that race is astronomical. Um, and I think that 10-second penalty would have been a lot more harsh if everything didn't go on Lewis's side. The red flag, like you mentioned, Chris, to repair that broken uh, wheel rim. Um, Lando Norris having a slow pit stop. He would have been stuck behind Lando. And Lando has been shown in times past that he's a very tough to overtake. And Lewis has had a tough time overtaking him throughout the whole season. Um, and the team orders with Bottas. I mean, that, that really frustrated me. I hated seeing that. I hated seeing it. I was, I was a Schumacher fan when I was a kid. And I hated seeing Barrichello do the exact same thing. Um, and you know, that, that really irked me to see that as well. Um, I would like to see Lewis at least, you know, have to attempt an overtake uh, rather than Valtteri just pulling off to the side. And I think if we were seeing the no red flag, the um, the, the, honestly, even if it was just Lando not having a slow pit stop, I don't think Lewis wins that race. Good, because I don't think I would. I think that would give him, or I would give Charles the three laps that he needed to be able to see out the rest of that Grand Prix. Um, so it just you know that luck that lewis had you know you can't write it that's you need luck to win championships and he had the luck on his side uh, in in silverstone and i thought personally 10 seconds was enough um you know the only way i could see it even more is i could understand and respect decision if it was a drive-through uh, but i think a stop go would have been too much
2: for me good points um. Yeah. So initially, when I first saw it, I thought it was just a 10-second penalty. But from what I'm aware, it was also two pen uh two uh points against his against his racing license as well, right?
0: Correct. That makes sense.
2: Yeah. So after I heard that, I was more okay with it because in the end, he did cause a crash that ended up. He did cause a crash that ended up, you know, getting a driver to the hospital. And I think it's more. Yeah, sure. It's more of a slap on the wrist. Yeah, Lewis, be more careful, but he should have consequences. Just more that impacts more than just the race, in my opinion. So in that in that case, I think it was fair to give him ten seconds. And you're right, Tyler. It was a lot of luck playing on his side. We also have to remember Lewis Hamilton is a fantastic driver, and pouncing on luck and making the better, making the best of your chances is what a world championship driver does. Um, so yeah, I, in the end with, uh, knowing that he got a, he got two points against his uh, racing license as well, I'm okay with the penalty of 10 seconds. Um, like I said, initially when I I thought it was just the 10 seconds in the race, I I thought it wasn't fair enough, but the two point the two, the two, uh, uh, points also makes it a little bit, uh, makes it a little bit more fair.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, you know, for me, what didn't feel right, or just if it just felt out of place was that he went on to, to score maximum points while mm-hmm. the driver that was in the alleged incident with him ended up obviously not scoring any points. So I think there's an argument to be made to maybe look at that for the future, but it's going to be hard to sort of uh, police that, you know, specifically. Yeah. I think that I would have given him a 10-second stop-go penalty, in In my opinion. It's interesting when we look at other incidents because it's obviously hard to compare, right? Different races, different stewards, everything yeah. like that. One off the top of my head was 2017 in Baku when Vettel Went up alongside and, and hit Hamilton. Just touched him on the wheel. He got 10 second stop go from that, but that was because it was for dangerous driving. This penalty was given for causing a collision. So differences, right? Uh, if you think mm-hmm. back to, I believe it was either the first or second Austrian race just this year, Kimi Raikkonen took out Sebastian Vettel. He got 20 seconds for that, and that was at the end of the race. So it's it's interesting, right? In comparing incidents, it's difficult to do, but that was just now- yeah
1: no that's that's a good point you bring up about the kimmy incident it, because i know they do give harsher penalties at the end of the race uh because they, there's no pit stop to um you know have to to wait in your pit stop right, right. so because i know even like latifi and Mazepin, in that race got 30 second penalties i think right and they didn't do anything serious they just didn't slow down for um a, a waved yellow i believe is what it was or double waved yellow mm-hmm. so same, same sort of thing
2: and on that note, we do know they're a little bit more leaning on the on the first on the opening lap in the first few turns mm. as well. So, yeah, it's uh, stop and go could have been a thing as well. And I think you know in the end that would have probably uh, also would have been a factor of Charles, Charles. probably ending up winning that race. Um, yeah, I I, th- I think having more of the penalties. Against the consequences of the action, because it was lap one incident in the end, right? It's a turn nine, so I think that's I think that's what the way we have to look at it. And I think I believe it was Maddie from WTF One mentioned this too. Is we have to look at a at a ten second penalty based on the impact and not what car the person is driving and what driver it is. You know, like we know for a fact that you know Lewis Hamilton can make ten second penalties seem like nothing <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's you know, too good if, make them disappear if it was you know if that was an incident like i said if it would have was happened, you know let's say between stroll and Alonzo, that 10 second gap is a lot more harder to cover uh in that in that middle range so i i think it, it, we have to take away for the fact that it was lewis lewis hamilton and a mercedes and just look at it as if it was any other incident with any other car it would probably would have been 10 seconds in the end anyways
1: no, that, that's a really good point, Shaker. Because, say, if that, let's use Stroll and Alonzo as an yeah. example. Um, and I'll use Stroll hitting Alonzo out as the example because that's <laughs> more likely. Um, you know, that, you know, say Stroll, what do you think? Seventh or eighth place. Yeah. Um, that 10 second penalty probably would have put him down in 12 or 13th. Okay. Just it, obviously, because you have to include the pit stop, you have to include not being able to get through traffic and the rest of it as well. So, uh, you're right. You know, Ten seconds would be a lot harsher if it was mid-pack than it is um, yeah. with Lewis at the front of the grid.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, exactly. It it's tough because every every incident is very different, and and a lot yeah. of different judgments have to go into it. So, yeah, the the, the fallout is going to be very interesting from from this race. Obviously, as we go into Hungary and. Maybe I knew we were going to wrap up on these two, but it's just such a big story because, like you said, Tyler, we thought that this was going to happen, you know, all all season long. And I didn't actually think that it would in this dramatic fashion, but it did. So now it's already been a very tense relationship between Mercedes and Red Bull, not so much between the two drivers, Max and Lewis. But now Mm -hmm. this might change that dynamic as well. We know what type of personality Verstappen is. He's not going to back down we know that uh, lewis isn't going to either so just before we, we wrap it up quick thoughts from both of you on uh, what do you think the relationship and, and the drama, the drama that follows the rest of the season what that's going to be like now
1: well let me tell you if this was in nascar <laughs> the crews would have been just they would have just fought they would have fought and it would have been over you fight and the crews would have fought and it would have been a massive brawl and the whole the whole situation would have been taken under control uh, you know the next weekend And you probably pay someone back and dump them into a corner. And, you know, then you're even. And that's how it ends up. Um, F was a a lot different. Um, You know, not as physical when it comes to fighting uh, as it is in NASCAR, you could say. Um, So I I think there will be a lot of animosity the rest of the the season going along. Especially into the summer break, you're going to hear a lot. Hungary will be interested. And you see kind of, you know, the first time they come back against each other, Um, you know, is Max going to be... You know, even more aggressive to Lewis is Lewis going to be more aggressive or is he going to be more passive knowing that, okay, I've already, you know, had this incident. I don't want to have another incident uh, with Max as well. So it'll be interesting to see how the drivers handle the situation. Um, you know, I think Max, it would be, is going to be a lot more aggressive going for passes against Lewis now.
2: Um, I don't think anything changes to be honest. I think they're two both very good professionals because we've seen, Lewis and Hamilton and Sebastian Vettel are really good friends but when they're on when they're racing that rival you know that friendship just that friendship has dropped. So I think when it comes to actual racing it'll be the same as it is. Um, I, I, you know we might see a little bit off the grid from Max a little bit at first cuz we know he was a little uh, not hostile but uh, towards uh, Sebastian Ocon. Uh, Esteban Ocon, <laughs> <laughs> making that mistake years later. Esteban Ocon uh, with that incident in 2019 or 2018. Um, so I, I, I think in terms of racing, we'll probably see uh, probably be more of what exactly we saw in lap one, barring that incident. I, I think they're both still going to be aggressive drivers, both going for the overtake and defending as well, because that's just that's just the kind of drivers they are. We, they they want to they want to be the number one driver on the grid, and I, I think that's what we'll see. Which is again, why I've said this before. It's great for the championship season. So,
0: I I know right now for a fact the things between the two teams are going to get fairly ugly because we're already at that point, and this is just going to add on to more of it. Yeah, I think like you mentioned, Tyler, too. Even though uh, you know emotions were high, like you know Red Bull pursuing any legal things or stuff like that or race suspension. I mean, you know, come on, that's that's not going to happen. And I think that's quite ridiculous at this point. I mean, you know, Lewis is not a dirty driver, and he just made a mistake in this instance, but he mm. he's got a very fairly good track record. He's obviously made mistakes in the past, and I know a lot of people were referencing Max Verstappen's history uh, to try and sort of make some sort of justifications. But also keep in mind that the last three years, Lewis Hamilton has more penalty points on his super license than Max Verstappen has, which is pretty crazy yeah. to think about that stat. But Verstappen has cleaned up his driving, but he's always maintained his aggression, but he's just been able to reel it in. And um, unfortunately, it just so happened that. It was this race in front of all the big home fans and and the first really full crowd that this happened, which just amplifies it. But I'm curious what the two drivers, what their relationship is going to be like. Will they talk privately before Hungary? Will they completely ignore each other? But I agree with you, Tyler. I don't think that on track too much might not change. But I think that maybe Max Verstappen won't necessarily give as much room as he has in the first 10 races. And maybe you know if he's in a similar incident maybe he's going to be like lewis and he won't back out and he'll in his mind he'll think if we crash we crash so be it so it's it's just really spiced up this championship even more than we already needed it to so um you know a little a little bit of drama isn't too bad i think
1: no, I, I don't mind it, and I don't know. I kind of would kind of want to see a NASCAR little brawl between the two crews. Yeah, I tell you, <laughs> Why not? tell you what, I completely agree with you. But I and people will, will say, no, oh, no, no, we don't want to see the violence. Let me tell you, people will come in droves if if, if two crews start getting because it happens at NASCAR. You have a fight, and people are all over. <laughs> oh my god, you can see the NASCAR, blah, blah, blah. These guys were brawling. If they did that, they would have the full attention of the world on them. Oh, I don't. Know. I think it'd be an amazing TV.
0: I I'm thinking of the next really clickbaity YouTube video. Who wins in a fight, Lewis Hamilton or Max Verstappen? Well, there you go.
1: <laughs> Imagine the Netflix series on that with uh, if both the two crews started going at it. Oh man! If you if you guys haven't seen NASCAR brawls, go look up like the top ten best NASCAR brawls. Um, if you're listening to this, it is phenomenal. You'll you'll have a great time for the 15 minutes of videos on.
0: I'm just picturing like helmet Marco throwing a spinning wheel kick to like <laughs> Total <laughs> Oh man. Maybe not that flexible. Yeah. Maybe not. Well, who knows? You know, we might surprise. Yeah, you never us. know.
1: Yeah.
0: <sighs> okay. All right. We can, uh, we got that all off our chest and, uh, and, yeah. um, and I'm sure it's your turn as, as the viewers. If you're listening, you watch the whole discussion. Of course, let us know down in the comments below what you thought of the incident, what you thought of our opinions. On the incident, and of course, what will follow heading into Hungary before the summer break. Um, yeah, we, we've almost done an hour just speaking about this incident. I'll, I'll leave. Crazy. Yeah, I'll leave the uh, last couple of minutes to you guys to talk about uh, anything else in the race, and maybe the most important one being uh, how would you the craziness of this incident has just completely made us forgot about the brand new sprint weekend format that we trialed. So maybe I'll leave the last couple of minutes to you guys. What did you think of the first F1 sprint weekend? Uh, did you like it? Was it positive? Was it negative? And any changes maybe that you'd suggest for the future?
1: I'll well, I'll say is this, look what it brought us. <laughs> look at the chaos it brought us. How could you not like it? Um, because you know, Lewis needed to make up that position that he lost in the sprint race. This is where it all comes back to, in the sprint race. He got pole position, but lost it in the sprint race. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, you, you look at the flip side and, you know, Perez had ruined Perez this weekend. Um, unfortunately for Sergio, I mean, he did get the fastest lap of the race and saved uh, Red Bull a point uh, from Mercedes in the Constructors' Championship and, and for Max in uh, the driver standings. Uh, but I thought it was an, all around a great weekend. I really enjoyed, you know, having qualifying on the Friday, having um, the sprint race on the Saturday, and the race on the Sunday. It was a full weekend of racing um, and, and every day. You know, you knew you're tuning into something that was entertaining. Like as you don't tune in on Fridays for practice one and practice two, I'll watch the highlights and see what happened, and I'll look at the timings and, and what the runs were. Uh, but I don't pay much attention. I won't sit there for an hour and a half unless it's you know a, a slow day and watch. Watch practice, but I you know, I watched Friday qualifying, I watch Saturday sprint race, and I watch the Sunday race. So, um, I think it was a, gr- a great weekend. Uh, I don't, I think I mentioned this in our live stream, I don't want to see it every race. Um, I think a max of 10 races per year would be ideal. Um, but I mean, we'll see what the FIA decide. We still have two more trial weekends, and we'll see how those go. We, I think we should have a full perspective of the three trial weekends to see if we uh, bring this on for next year.
2: Yeah, I think uh, you know after watching the highlights because I didn't get to watch uh, the entire weekend. But I, like Tyler said, I think it makes it quite exciting for the entire weekend. And you can't have it on every track. Like you, you wouldn't have it at Paul Ricard. You wouldn't have it at Monaco. Mm. Uh, you know, that's the sprint race format would kind of die out before it even started if they started to do it at every race. But on you know fast, uh, uh, fast tracks where there's a lot of overtaking, you know, at the Hungarian Grand Prix or something like that, you know. Uh, just having it somewhere where there's a lot of overtakes would make it interesting. But yeah, I, I think they ha- I think they would have to do it like that and not every race as well.
0: I'm with you guys on that point too. I, I did enjoy it and the chaos that it brought us, I'm enjoying it even more after the fact. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I like the fact that every week every day of the race weekend was important. Uh, I'm interested to see or to hear. I haven't looked it up yet. The fans who were at the track of what they thought of the weekend, but judging from the photos and the tweets, it seems like everybody had a really good time with the new format. I'm with you guys. I wouldn't want to see it every single weekend, maybe a max of I'd say five to seven races per year. I don't want to see a permanent change to the the format because if you look at it, Hamilton's amazing lap on Friday, Eventually was irrelevant at the end of it. So I still like to have that prestigious qualifying event on the Saturday where we get to see who's the best driver over one lap. And then that goes toward the pole position statistics as well. So I don't want to see that taken away. Uh, I've said this a million times already. I'd like to see the old format return where one driver goes out, you know, per in that Q3 session and everybody just gets to watch that one driver do his thing. Uh, just my suggestion. But maybe a couple of tweaks here and there to that sprint format would be nice but overall i'm actually kind of surprised at how much of a positive reaction i had Mm. to it because i was highly skeptical going into it and i wasn't a big fan of changes anyways to something that didn't really need to be changed but overall i think it was a good good step forward and a lot of information for them to go into the future and of course it brought us probably the most memorable weekend of 2021 so far of this championship
1: yeah absolutely i think the uh you're 100 percent right on the most memorable part of it that you know we'll be talking about this for for years to come you know when we look at five ten years from now 15 years from now this will be one of the defining moments of this rivalry is this you know this action that sparked it all you can say or or you know it, it's it's going to be something that we talk about for years to come so um although it's kind of you know f- you know, very frantic and furious now. Uh, enjoy it because it's something that you look back on and go, "Oh, I remember this. What a crazy incident!"
2: Yeah, and I think it's uh, kind of shows a lot of signs for what the future holds for um, you know uh, for Formula One because it is kind of a battle of Lewis Hamilton, you know, the old world championship, and who we know against Max Verstappen, who we know is going to be a future world champion. Um, with you know Lando Norris and Pierre Gasly, all these guys who are fighting for these top contentions, who are probably going to be really, who are probably going to be podium winners in the end, and possible world championship depending on where they are. So I, it's makes twenty the twenty twenty one season overall has been really exciting, and this just adds more to it. And even though there's been you
0: know a lot of negativity in the last couple of days between the two fan bases and, and just neutral fans as well this is excellent news for Formula One as a whole, because I can't tell you, I've had just a few friends message me about my thoughts on, on the accident who, you know, never even watch Formula One and just text me out of the blue about, you know, wait, what did you think of the Verstappen and Hamilton incident? So it seems like this has gone into the mainstream now. And the fact that these two great drivers are the centerpiece of this championship, like you mentioned, Tyler, we haven't really lived through a classic title fight like this you know Vettel and Hamilton necessarily didn't live up to what we were expecting and of course we're a little bit too young to remember the schumacher Hakkinen days so you know this is in comparison to the great Ayrton Senna-Alan Prost rivalries is the first thing that came to my mind was just those Suzuka accidents and similar to what we saw here as well so it it's great and and it's it's nothing personal for any of them we have great respect for both drivers um you know obviously we we have uh, the our favorites on the grid but seeing these two going at it has just been a pleasure to watch. I'm so excited for the next race in Hungary. I can't wait. The fact that we got to wait another two weeks is is going to be hard, but I'm absolutely loving it so far, and I'm so glad that we got this channel right now at the moment to to witness history.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. I agree with you. I mean, this channel has been a lot of fun to, to be a part of, and we have or slowly building a nice community that uh, has, can have a nice civil debate in the comments for <laughs> the most part.
0: <laughs> Actually, according to the haters, we're a fledgling YouTube channel. So, <laughs> oh no,
1: well, whatever. That's fine. We're having fun with it. We're enjoying it. We, you know, we wanted to start this podcast just to have fun, and you know, that's what we're doing. We
0: always have fun on here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And this was a really fun episode. This was a, a yeah. great discussion between the three of us, and I think that we've got uh, good points across to all sides of the debate.
1: Can I, can I give some shout-outs to some other drivers that had a fantastic so, weekend? Since, since, we just know, have to
2: know. wait for Tim Tierney to come in and go three against one against Tyler to make this favorite. <laughs> yeah.
1: you, yeah, you mean Tim Horaney?
2: Tim Horaney, sorry. not Tim, Tim okay.
1: Tierney is a, if for a lot of people won't know this, Tim Tierney is a city councillor. Yes, that's
2: why I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, so, that's um, why yes. it didn't
0: connect to me that he made the mistake. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. no, you're right. That's exactly why I was thinking that yeah. name. <laughs> no, they're a good friend of the show, Tim Horaney, from
1: TSN uh, yeah. here in Canada. No, Abby, Abby, I would love to see his reaction. I've listened to his podcast yet this week,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, but I'm sure he's going to talk about that as well. So, a uh, good friend of the show, and I'm sure he has some, you know, great great aspects of what happened.
2: Yeah, it'd be great to get Tim and Chris into this to, uh, debate and see what they uh, to see what they say.
1: Yeah, Chris Medlin as well. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah for sure. Um
1: Yeah, but I do want to give some quick shoutouts um because, you know, we should respect the other <laughs> 18 drivers on the grid. Um Charles Leclerc, Unbelievable. I think one of his best weekends uh, as a Formula 1 driver. I, I, you know, just I I was gutted for him that he didn't get that victory. I wish he would have won that race. That was an awesome drive by him. I led all the three laps of that race and just really well done to manage the car, manage the um you know the engine trouble that he had. Uh, it's just unfortunate to see. Um, Lando Norris and Daniel Ricciardo, especially Daniel Ricciardo, a phenomenal weekend from Ricciardo. Really impressed by him. He's starting to slowly get his bearings in that McLaren. Uh, Lance Stroll had a fantastic weekend in the Aston Martin, climbing uh, six or seven positions in the race uh, to score some great points for Aston Martin. So, And uh, I will give another shout out to the other Canadian, Nicholas Latifi, who had, for him, uh, a very good weekend. Finished 14th. Um, made up four places, I think uh, it was, uh, you know, in the, um, uh, in the standings, not standings, well, where were they finished? Can't think of a word right <laughs> now. Finished out of Perez. He, he held Perez behind him the whole race. Perez couldn't get around him. Uh, so pretty well done to, to keep him in line. And the, the Williams showed really good pace throughout the whole weekend, I thought, actually, because, you know, they weren't lagging behind. Like we saw the Haases, the Haases were nowhere but the williams were keeping up with the alpha Romeos and the alpha tauri so it was interesting to see and hopefully they can find a little bit more pace as the weekend goes and one of them can score him or george can score points for williams
2: shout out to sebastian vettel for despite not having the greatest rate but staying back and cleaning yes. up afterwards yeah that was nice big big like he picked up like six or, he had more than six or seven garbage bags there was a lot of there's a lot of garbage there but yeah shout out to him too that's a lot of work <laughs>
1: Yeah, especially after a hot, long race yeah. like it was, uh,
2: good
0: for him. Yeah, actually, he he picked up some some rather large garbage too. I don't know if you guys saw it, but I mean, he was he was just incredible post race. I don't know if you guys saw that he uh, picked up the that trackside trash afterwards too. Oh my
1: god! <laughs> I don't know if that's gonna fit in that bag, Chris. I
0: don't know. I mean, he, it might be one of those Glad bags, you know, those hefty ones. No, <laughs> oh, <yeah>, that's right. <laughs> that should, the contractor yeah.
2: bags just you know just break it in parts and i'm sure you can get it in a bunch of different bags it'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was a
0: cool moment to see you ended on a ended on a good laugh um yeah good good show maybe
1: um f1 authentics you know they sell those carbon fiber pieces mm. and i think it got some from the red bull <laughs> you know those just some perfect ones they could use or just yeah. sell
0: vettel's garbage bags
1: that's what you could too. someone would buy yeah,
0: it i probably would <laughs> um my only uh, honorable mentions i'd also put in there as well uh fernando alonso who had some uh, spectacular race starts in the sprint yeah. and also some great overtakes in the race and also coined the next marketing turn for the sprint weekend in monza in which he called it q4 which i thought was perfect ah
1: yes <laughs> q4 it was yeah i like that him and uh, him and stroll had a very good
2: battle uh, this weekend they're pretty
0: good friends i saw them trackside uh afterwards you know yeah. like, talking
2: it up and everything so it's it's that's yeah, nice. it's been a really common thing with them in the last few races mm-hmm. too. So
1: yeah. they always seem to be gravitating toward each other in the races. This is like a third or fourth time they have had a really good battle and really respectable battle as well. Yeah, um, yeah it's it's nice to see. And, and for Stroll, it's a great learning experience. You have Vettel as your teammate, and Alonso's, you know helping you yeah. or you know to, you know being you know not a mentor but
2: having great battles with you on the track. You're yeah. gonna learn a lot from those two. I think Alonso is just having a lot of fun racing with all these young drivers and seeing the competition that they bring. Cause I think there was an interview. I don't know if it was for um, Alpine, but I think he was asked of what his like future dreams of as a driver. And, you mentioned that n- nothing F one related, everything to like endurance racing and you know twenty four hours of Le Mans. So I think he's just having a really good time being back in F one and, like I said, seeing all these young drivers come out and you know a lot of them, uh, you know, who probably weren't even born yet <laughs> when Lonzo started racing. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, seriously, <laughs>
2: like Kimi Räikkönen, uh, first
1: driver to race in twenty. 20- grand Prix at the same
2: track i yeah, think is what yeah. it was yeah he did Toy this is yeah was his 20th grand prix british grand prix yeah it's just a hobby for him anyway so <laughs> whatever yeah he had
0: some more team radio gold too from this weekend so
1: <laughs>
2: Did he? i i haven't listened oh, to haven't radio yet it. yeah i gotta see a little bit his, more. Of his it.
0: engineer at the end of the race was basically just like uh oh you know we, we could have scored in the points if it wasn't for the accident with perez and then Kimmy just kind of, like, snapped back at him. He's like, yeah, well, we could have had better if we car was better or something like that. You know <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just, like, shut his engineer up. You know, Kimmy. His.
1: Yeah, classic. Um,
0: yeah. My final one for me, too, uh, just uh, to tap onto your Lando Norris point, uh, still the only driver to score in every single race this season and also set the record for most consecutive races in the points for a McLaren driver at 15. So, Norris just continuing an excellent run of form, and yeah, nice to see his teammate back him up. I'm the
2: youngest still, though, right? Yeah, I think he's still the youngest Mm -hmm. McLaren driver still to do that Mm -hmm. too. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Yeah. Final point. (laughs) Sorry, I was gonna say, was it? It's probably youngest driver in history because I don't think Max or like Lewis Hamilton ever scored fifteen points in a row for a race. Like thinking back on it, yeah,
0: maybe I'm not sure. I have to get back to you on that one, but he might be the youngest. Yeah.
2: Yeah, be interesting to look at.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right, boys. Well, that will wrap it up for us on episode 112, a very thorough episode and I think one that we'll remember for for quite a long time and I think we'll set the tone for the next uh, you know, 12 or maybe 13 races of the season. Of course, we've got the Hungaro ring coming up in the about, you know, a little bit less than two weeks time by the time this episode is released. Uh, You know, good track for Red Bull historically. Of course, Mercedes have been strong there as well. So we're going to be interested to see what the fallout is, but we're going to be right there alongside you guys and bringing you the best coverage as possible that we can bring for the 2021 season. So any final thoughts on your end before uh, we send it out?
1: Let the battle begin. Let the <laughs> battle begin.
2: Yeah. No, I have nothing.
0: To <laughs> <add>. <laughs> All right. We'll finish with Tyler's one. That's a good one. That's a good wrap up of the show. Tyler Shaker, <laughs> thank you both very much for joining me tonight on this episode. We really appreciate it. Guys, thank you very much for watching, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify or on any other podcast app. We appreciate your viewership, and we appreciate the fact that you guys tune in to our channel week after week. It means the world to us, and we enjoy all the comments, the negative ones, the positive ones as well. And the interaction is always great so if you haven't already done so please subscribe to our channel uh you just hit that red subscribe button on youtube and also the bell so you get notifications so you never miss a live stream or a podcast like this following the race we're also on social media at tbmf1show and thank you to our sponsors manscaped and thegpbox.com for supporting this channel and also check out the description below for exclusive discounts from our partners For Tyler and Shaker, I've been Chris Cato. Thank you much for watching, and we'll see you next time. It's bye for now.